Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 121 of the big show, some Enforcer Base Podcast, and coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another week. Wacky Wednesday is upon us. I have a guest today. Yes, I know it's a first for, would you have three solo episodes in a row? Um, returning guest, again, uh, for the five toughest opponents feature will be none other than Chris Waltz. Chris was a great guest. Uh, if you want to hear a full-length interview with Chris, I had him on um, a while back. It would be episode 16, uh, and it was great. Uh, we talked, you know, Chris played uh, Western Hockey League, Alberta Junior Hockey League, then went on to pro with the Western Pro League and uh, the UHL and all, all sorts of uh, shenanigans and uh yeah, Chris is a great guest. We uh, we really broke down his fight card and uh, talked about a lot of things. And uh, yeah, and and playing his Spokane, he also played for Mike Babcock as well. So uh, we had that conversation, and uh, which at the time was a real polarized. You know, well, Babcock's always polarizing, but it was very uh, topical at the point at the moment. But at, at that moment, but. Uh, no, Chris is a great guest, and I'm really happy to have him back on. Like I said, with the uh, with this five toughest opponent series, um, it's been fun to reconnect with the guys that I've had on before. And um, you know, and I mean, obviously, when he's bringing up some of the names, we would have talked, we would have talked about them. Um, well, once again, as as I've been uh, been doing lately, I'm as I say, I, as I say, I put I'm putting the cart before the horse. I haven't talked to Chris yet. Uh, we're doing that in a couple hours, actually. Um, this is like Tuesday after work here that I'm recording this, but uh, so we're down to the yeah. It's always that last minute type of thing. But uh, um, what was I saying now? Um, oh, with the with the five toughest opponents. Yeah, like I would say, we're kind of sometimes you, you kind of chew the food twice. I mean, we we talked. Obviously, whoever he brings up, we probably would have talked about in the full-length interview. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, we always have uh, new new listeners um, and, uh, you know, and people that haven't listened to the first episode yet. So, uh, um, you know, it's new to you, right, as they say. But uh, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Um, like I said, this is episode 121. I hope you go back and check out the back catalog. Um, like I said, over the last, over 121 episodes... Talk to, uh, you know, Steve McIntyre, John Marasty, Sean McMorrow, Clark Wilm, Joey Tedarenko, on and on. Um, yeah, so definitely check out the back catalog. Every Wednesday is interview day, and then every Sunday is a rant episode. Shit Show Sunday, as it's called. And that's uh, that's sort of when I just rant about whatever happens to be topical at the moment. Or... Um, or I find lists. I've been doing lists lately. I've, I've been a big fan of uh, 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 Matt, a follower of mine on Twitter and listener of the show. Thank you again, sir. Um, started this. 
um, I had mentioned, I, I've done lists before, top 10, whatever, this and that. And, <clears throat> and I had said how it's interesting when I, when I go back and look at the, at the ratings or listens or whatever, that somehow the list episodes seem to do quite well. People seem to enjoy those. And, uh, out of the blue, Matt sent me, it started a couple weeks back with a list of, uh, from, uh, oh, what, sports rage, sports, sportster. No, I can't remember the name of the web. Anyway, it's some website. And, uh, he had sent me a link to, it was the, was the top, the 15 worst enforcers of all time. And, uh, I didn't look at the list beforehand. I did it on air. So the reaction was, uh, was genuine. I hadn't, I hadn't read the list before and he had a lot of fun doing that. So subsequent from that, we sent the list of the best, uh, oh damn, what was it now? Oh, Montreal Canadiens, top 10 Montreal Canadian enforcers. And then, um, the last one I did, the last episode was, uh, the top 15 enforcers you wouldn't want to fight in a bar. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what really the criteria was for that, but they never did break that down. But it was a fun list. And, and like I said, there, it's, it's good for, uh, for, uh, for a laugh and that. And, uh, um, one of the lists I did do a while back, um, and I went on social media to do this, uh, was the top 10 LNAH, um, fighters of all time as voted on by the, by the players as well as the fans. And I don't know, I think I ended up, what was it, about 50 people. I, and it was a split pretty much. It was, yeah, it was, ah, 20, 25 players. Yeah, it had to be about that many. And then 25 fans or whatever as what it ended up being that answered my, my, my post. And, um, and then I kind of, you know, I ranked them, you know, I, I scored each guy and, and that's how I broke the top 10 down. And, um, and that was a lot of fun to do. And I think actually what I do, what I will do after this is I will probably put out the post tonight. Maybe that, uh, you know, just, Hey, a flat out, who's your best, NHL top 10 of all time and I'll put it on Facebook and, and, and Twitter and uh, that should get a lot of uh, a lot of people sending their lists in and uh, break it down and uh, you know we'll get the definitive top 10 according to uh, social media anyway and because it's like it's one thing if I ask a couple guys or you know whatever and but I think when you get a, a real good especially on the on the Facebook group you know, the enforcer group, I mean, the third, the enforcer appreciation group, there's like 13,000 members. So I'm not saying all 13,000, obviously are going to answer, but I mean, an NHL top 10, I would, if, if given a week notice, I would think I should get at least 50, 60 replies, I would think. And, uh, and with that, I think at that point, you're generating a pretty good, you're getting a pretty good indication of, the theme of the room, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I think I'll do that. And I, and I, you know, cause like I said, the Sunday episodes are, you know, um, you're always sort of not struggling for stuff to do, but I mean, you know, I, I you know, when you're doing two shows a week and you're, uh, b- battling for content, it's, um, um, yeah, any, any sort of gimmick you can come up with is, uh, I can only yell about the refs and today's players. So for so much, right. Uh, the lists are a good, uh, and they're like I said, they're just a fun thing to talk about. So, uh, yeah, I think I will do that. I'm going to hold on. I put my questions away. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, um, I've talked to a few characters and, uh, 
you know, hopefully we can, we can set up some times and do full length interviews. Um, like I said, I, I kind of wanted to do the full length interviews when the playoffs were over, but which I thought were going to be last night, but Montreal managed to hang in and win one in overtime, I guess. So a few more days, I guess, at the very least, because I think what do they want by the 11th? I think they want everything done by. So, um, after that, uh, like I said, I got about, I got, well, four guys at this point that, uh, well, I mean, I have lots of guys that have always said, oh yeah, bro, I'll come on. And then, you know, yeah, right. But, uh, I have three for sure that I, I haven't recorded yet with, but I mean, they've been very interactive and have researched for me and sent me their fight cards and, oh, ask me this and whatever. So, I mean, they're very prepared, so I can't see any of them ghosting me as they say i think they're all it, now trying to find a time to record might be a little difficult the one cat's got four kids and two jobs and and then the other guy fishes every it seems every second day so uh you know but uh no but we'll we'll definitely connect here and uh i will definitely be bringing the interviews uh, for you guys but uh like i said at the same time i mean work's been really busy for me and uh um, you know, and I, and, but at the same, I, I want to bring you guys content, but, uh, like I said, unfortunately you might be stuck with me doing some rant episodes now and again, but, uh, instead of an interview, um, that's what happened last Wednesday. Um, things just got a little crazy. And like I said, it was supposed to be with Chris last Wednesday. It's not his fault though, but, um, that was, that was on me, that one. And, uh, yeah, it just, it was super hot and just crazy. So it's like, I was, I'll just do a, a rant episode here and, you know, bang it out in 30 minutes. Plus I had that list, which makes it a lot easier. And, uh, and, you know, boom. So I apologize for not having an interview on Wednesday, but, uh, so you've sort of been stuck listening to this voice for three, three straight episodes, but, um, not today. We got Chris coming on. So, um, again, I haven't recorded with him yet. Uh, so I don't know how long we're going to go for. I would assume 20, I kind of told him 20, 30 minutes. Um, you know, really depending on how much he wants to expand on the names he gives me. Um, so we'll see. And I'll, I mean, I'll ask him a few questions and you know how we do it around here. But, uh, before we get into, uh, Chris here, um, like I said, uh, member, proud member of the hockey podcast network. There's over 50 shows in the network. So whatever, and all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Um, you know, like I said, now we're down to two. I mean, I think all the, all the shows are still doing episodes, but I mean, they'll be talking about the upcoming draft or, or what have you, whatever. I, I don't listen to all the shows, so I have no idea what they're talking about, but I'm assuming that's what they're going to be talking about and, or, you know, free agents and pending free agents and what the team needs and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. Um, all, for my off-network friends, of course, Dan, Paul, and Kelly over at the Obey the Puck show, and Fred and Dave at the Slewfoot show, a couple current shows, keep you in the loop, and they talk about, you know, NHL and the minors, women's hockey, whatever happens to be topical at the moment, they will be discussing, so definitely check them out, as I always say, I listen to them so I don't have to watch, and of course, finally, Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles, it's an Islander enforcer-based podcast, just had Roman Endor on, um, just discussing all things, you know, um, just playing against the Islander prospects and fighting a few of them and, and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, it's got to be, you know, the gimmick, you got to be Islander related, right? We've got to keep it within the Islander theme. But I think I just saw, um, yeah, Joe is going to be doing a top 10. Uh, really looking forward to it. It's uh, Swedish wingers. And uh, it's like I'm really like breaking down Mats Lindgren, you know, Dickie Tarnstrom. Um, it's, it's going to, oh, hold on. I'm scrolling. 
Oh, the top 10 enforcers in Islander history of all time. Oh, I thought it was top 10 Swedes of all time. Hold on. Okay, well. Should I edit that? No, I'll leave that in. I'll edit that later, maybe, if I remember. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Joe, I hide my Carol Alt pictures. Lazito does a bang-up job. Um, in all seriousness, a top 10 all-time enforcers. I guarantee he's going to shoehorn that friggin' Dean Ewan in there somehow. Yeah. I, I, it, what, what's the stat? Expected goals? I mean, expected punches landed. Dean would have been in there. If, if, according to Corsi, Dean Ewan should be middle of the pack. No, I'm not knocking Dean Ewan. I love Dean Ewan. He was great. But, uh, I, I kid, I kid. But uh, looking forward to that. I could, I know Joe's been talking about this top 10 all time for a long time. He's going to take some heat over this. Even if I agree with this list, I'll secretly agree with it. But outwardly, I'm just going to shit all over him for it. Yeah. Let, let, just like the old days, Joe. Like the old fried chicken days when the tough guy magazines used to come out. Scott Parker, are you serious? You know. It'll take you back. It'll be it'll throw back Thursday. Yeah, let's shit on Joe for his right right for his ratings rankings. Yeah, I'm, what am I saying? I don't know. It's we're we're being silly over here. Um, but no, and, and all serious. Check out Joe's show. He does a great job. A tremendous back catalog. Speaking of the affirmation, Dean Ewan, Mick Fakota, Eric Bolton, on and on. Joe's interviewed everybody, and Joe's. Uh, does a great job, like I said, really in-depth. Um, you really, you know, you listen to the episode, you learn everything about the player and where he played and, and that type of teammates and fights. and what I, Very informative. Joe, like I said, Joe does a great job. Been around the, the Stan Fischler bad boy book days. And, uh, yeah, tremendous. And uh, tremendous dude. Like I said, buy his merch. Joe's selling merch. I got to get on that merch train, you know, because I, I like license to print money out in Long Island for Lazito, I'm telling you. Mugs. Got his face on rubber pucks and hats, mugs, pens, yoga pants. You know, like I always say, hey, you want to sit on Joe's face? Buy a pair of pants. You know, and uh, yeah, Joe's got it covered. Tremendous. And I, I don't know. I, I, I keep asking, like, should I bring up the Five for Fighting podcast? I don't know what he's doing. You know, oh, so oh, I was, vac- I was out in the Keys on vacation. Yeah, whole life's a freaking vacation. You know. I don't know. When do they work? I'm not quite sure. You know, he's got that. He's got old Alec there at Five for Fighting. He's got champagne taste and a beer budget. Let me tell you. Yeah, uh, he, he took took the little lady out for for supper. They're drinking Miller Light or Miller no Miller High Life. Yeah, there it is. Taking pictures of Miller High Life like he's bragging. Yeah, Jesus, hard times. You know, Alec Alex buying when the Miller High Life comes out. I'll tell you that. Jesus, yeah. So I don't know, like, I I could tell you to go listen to his back catalog. He's interviewed a lot of good guys, but, you know, I, he's going to start his podcast, then he might not, and then I'm retiring, and now I'm coming back. Who knows? I don't know. So I, I, I think he might just hit his mic, turn it on at poolside there in Key West, and, I don't know, crack his champagne of beers and... You know, talk about his friggin' Tampa Bay Lightning and his, what's his, uh, in his Patty Maroon jersey. Yeah, we could talk about Big Rig for half an hour. I, you know, I, I think he stopped listening to my episodes because I kind of shit on Maroon the last couple episodes and I think he's all fucking butthurt. He won't answer my, uh, direct messages anymore. Yeah, he's all, well, I made fun of his Miller High Life. Yeah, so he, Miller High Life, he tries to be classy though and puts a line wedge in it. Like that'll, you know. 
<laughs> kind of like putting whipped cream on a turd, but you know, whatever. No, I kid. Actually, I drink Miller High Life when I'm down in the States all the time. I have a friend of mine when I was in Vegas. He said, you must be really losing. You're drinking. I, I said, I took a picture of the room and over in the corner, there was like four beer boxes. It was like three rolling rocks and a Miller High Life. Yeah. They're like, Jesus, how much money are you down? I said, no, I drink this shit. And they're like, you don't have to, you know, but uh, I'm down. No, Al, in all seriousness, Alice, good dude. Fire for Fighting podcast. Hopefully he's coming back here soon. But in the meantime, check out his back catalog. You know, Segroy, Bialois, Rob Ray. Tremendous. Great job. So definitely check out those shows. And uh, if you're on social media, as I always say, why? But if one wants to put themselves through it, you may as well check, get the run the full gamut of shit. So you may as well check me out on social media. I'm on Twitter as well as Facebook at Fourth Line Voice. Um, yeah, if you're on Facebook, uh, you should check out the Enforcer Appreciation Group. Why not? There's about 1,200 idiots in there. Yeah, we all get in there and rant and, ra- rant and rave and all talk like we're the smartest guys in the room. You should check it out. <laughs> as well as YouTube. But in all seriousness, check out my YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the little bell notification. That way you won't miss a single punch. But I have 2,500 videos on there from junior to pro. Any league you're looking for. Everything's sorted. Just go to the little search engine, NHL, OHL, QMJHL, whatever you want, LNAH, blah, 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 M-O-U-S-E. They're all there. And uh, like I said, 2,500 videos. You won't uh, you won't get to all of them, I'll tell you. But I try to put up unique stuff like, you know, different, like Colt Moore and Swift Current and, uh, I don't know, John Morasti in the in, in his Kindersley Clippers camp tryout fights. How is, how is that for rare? Who's got that? Tell me. Exactly. So definitely check that out. And, uh, yeah, I think you'll be highly entertained. But, uh, hey, guys, and, and uh, also, when you're listening to this episode, whatever platform you're listening to it on, could you rate and review my show? It helps me out and uh, in the searches and that type of thing. Also, if you could download my episode. I know a lot of folks stream shit, and I get it. I dig it. I, you know, I, I just appreciate the fact that you're listening. But... It definitely would help me out in the, in the, in the future. Actually, could you hit stop now and just download? It only takes a second to download it. Just hit download. It helps me out. That's how I get paid. To be completely honest, I'll be transparent. That's how I get paid is by the number of downloads. But also, it helps track the show and it, and it's good to see like, cause then it's like, okay, what shows are, what shows are hitting? What are missing? What topics? Blah, blah, blah. It's, there's a lot of things it helps out with. So if you could just download the episode, I'd really appreciate it. But, uh, other than that, uh, how about we get on with things? Like I said, definitely go back and check out episode 16. It's my full length interview with Chris. And, uh, like I said, it's a lot of fun. He was a great guest. Uh, doesn't hold back, shared some great stories and, uh, yeah, he was a good guest. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to him here about the, uh, his five toughest opponents. And like I said, dude had a ton of fights. So we're going to cover a lot of ground that covers a lot of names. I, so I'm, I'm really excited to hear what his names are. So, uh, yeah, and uh, so let's let's get at it. Oh, and uh, before I get rolling, also, if you happen to be on Twitter, coming July 17th, it's a Saturday, noon start, 64 of Hockey's Toughest Dudes. That's right, the Bob Probert Invitational is back. My annual Twitter tournament, it's the fifth annual Bob Probert Invitational. Um, it's like a March Madness style bracket, 64 guys, and uh, we, we just... Uh, Every every day is a new round, and uh, put up eight eight fights, and uh, we vote for twenty four hours, and that until we have until there's one remaining, and uh, like I said, we've do, I've done this for five years over the summer, 
um, or for the last five summers. And, uh, it's always a lot of fun. Um, you know, cause like I said, it's kind of the dead time. There's no hockey going on, gets people talking and, uh, yeah. And it just creates conversation and, and it's just a real cool thing. So if you're not on Twitter, um, Hey, why not just sign up and take 10, takes one minute to sign up. Hell, just be the anonymous egg, be ABC one and just follow me at fourth line voice on Twitter and, uh, just join in to vote. Yeah, like I said, there's uh, it's a 24-hour period, so every day for uh, it goes for about two weeks. I think it's, what is it? I can't remember. I think it's 11 days total. I think that's how it is um, until the final until the final vote is uh, or the final fight happens. So, but I always look forward to the Bob Probert Invitational, and uh, the reason it's named the Bob Probert Invitational is I didn't want to put Probert in it because he'd win, so I named it after him. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Past winners have been Twist and Bugard, Semenko. Um, ah, who else won? I can't remember. I'll have that all for you the next episode, but, uh, yeah. So July 17th, that will be starting, but, uh, all right, guys, enough of me yapping here. You, I'm sure over the last couple of weeks here, you're tired of listening to me, but, uh, let's go talk to Chris. All right. And, uh, as per usual, I will talk to you guys on Sunday for the rant episode. Uh, until then, hopefully everybody has a, uh, a great rest of the work week and, uh, Let's have at it. All right, guys, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Thanks. All right, here we are in the fourth line voice returning guest on the line, Chris Waltz. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, bud. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you very much for uh, for coming back on the show, returning guest, uh, and to be a part of this uh the five toughest opponent series. And like we were just saying before we got going, uh, that that's going to cover a lot of ground. You fought a lot of dudes back in the day. Oh, for sure. It'll be it'll be a fun one. Picking five is uh, probably the, the toughest part. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like each guy that I've had on has all said that. They're like, wow, there could be, like, uh, who was it? Ted Aranko said, I think he goes, I think there could be about a dozen honorable mentions, you know? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. But, uh, well, and yeah. Because some guys, you know, like you've seen it over the years, some guys have some guys' numbers, right? Like there's some guys are super tough, but... I might not have thought they were that tough. You know what I mean? Like, cause I got the better of them most times we fought. Then somebody like Legault or Gillies or one of my buddies would fight them. Like, fuck that guy's tough. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just some guys you match up better with and some you don't, you know? So it's kind of a, probably a skewed list for everybody a little bit. Yeah, it is. Well, and like they say, right? What's the old saying, right? And even in a hockey fight, styles make fights, right? So totally for sure. Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like you said, some guys, some guys wanted guys their size, other guys wanted bigger, some guys wanted smaller, you know, whatever your style was, it always sort of, uh, you know, it certainly, uh, certainly changed from, from guy to guy that definitely. For sure, for sure. Well, and like you said, uh, you know, you played in the, uh, the Alberta Junior League, the Fort Saskatchewan, and then of course you played in the Western, the Western Hockey League as well. And then initially out of pro, or when you turned pro, you went down and played in the in the uh, in the newly formed and crazy Western Pro Hockey League. Before we get into your list, and I know, and for those listening, I talk uh, check out episode uh, sixteen uh, where Chris and I we we discuss your entire career from start to finish. So we talk about all this, but you know, for the new listeners out there, we'll rehash this part. Um, when you forgot, when you, when you leave the Western Hockey League, West, or the, uh, the Alberta League, you're turning pro and you head down to the Western Pro League. What are your first thoughts about hockey in Texas? 
Oh, it was a, a goofy deal. I remember cell phones pretty much just came out. So my girlfriend's family gave me a cell phone for the drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it took a couple of days to get down to San Angelo with my old map I had with me and a highlighter route and uh, roll into town. I drove to the rink first. Didn't know they had an office kind of across town. So I went straight to the rink. It was all locked up. Nobody was there. So I kind of took a wrong turn leaving the rink, and there was about eight guys bench pressing in the front yard. <laughs> I remember calling my girl, like, where the hell am I at? <laughs> yeah, took a wrong turn, got a hold of the coach. Um, Sean Kluth comes the coach, who's obviously in Kamloops right now in the WHL. And he's like, yeah, don't go that way. Come to the office. Uh, went and found the office, and I was only 20 years old. I feel like you're junior left. So um was definitely – not sure if it's the right move or not before I even stepped on the ice. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely a different deal. Well, yeah, I mean, and like, and back then, I mean, that was, uh, you know, like just a real, I mean, that was a tough league, man. And I was just kind of just going over the list of guys that were, you know, like even the, the first year that you were there, you finished eighth in penalty minutes with 285. And, you know, but it was like David Oliver, Keith Bland, Todd St. Louis, Jezalowski, Demonsky, Schmier, Legault. Bumstead, you know, uh, all these guys uh, in that league. So, I mean, um, yeah. yeah. That year I finished, I bonus is Ryan Reed and our team got hurt, right? Yeah. I started fighting a little bit more. Ryan, super tough guy, great guy from back back home in Alberta. Um, He was fighting a lot, broke his hand. So I kind of started fighting more, and I was a 20-year-old rookie, so they kind of threw some bonuses at me. And then I had a bonus, I can't remember what it was, like not much, like maybe $1,000 if I come in the first five in the league in fights, right? So I ended up at 28 majors that year and was fourth in the league. So probably, I don't know if it was the best move or dumbest move as a 20-year-old kid, <laughs> but every night you had two or three guys wanting to fight. You know what I mean? Like, it was a... Uh, it, it wasn't hard of, It wasn't hard to find one, is what you're saying. Definitely. Definitely was pretty easy. Uh, yeah, if you, needed, <laughs> if you needed to get a fight bonus that night, it was you, you had willing takers every time, so... Yeah, well, one of your teammates briefly, and then he got traded in your first year there, was Bajerni. He was there with you, too. Yep, yep. Yeah, he was, he, he was a super tough guy. Like, he was a guy back then, kind of the impression I had, like, because I was with him first year, maybe even part of the second year. I want to say part of the second year he might have been there, too, for a little bit. Um, but he was a guy that was super, super tough, but I didn't think really liked fighting at the time, right? Like, yeah, that's kind of just the impression I got. But then, obviously, he went on and fought in the Quebec League and freaking everywhere, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he ended up putting up tons and tons and tons of fights after. You know, you saw all those guys, what all those guys did in that Quebec League, you know? So, uh, maybe I had the wrong impression of him because he definitely ended up a million fights by the time his career was over. Well, I mean, I know we talked about it in the other interview, but like I said, we'll, uh, for the new listeners here, for the people that haven't heard your first one... Um, of course, you mentioned the Quebec League, and I gotta ask. I'm assuming you obviously were, but uh, uh, we, I would assume you were. Uh, the Quebec League got a hold of you, and was that? Did you even consider it, or was it like no? I remember me and uh, well, my wife now, girlfriend at the time. We were in where would we have been? Reading. I asked for a trade in the East Coast League, and got traded to Toledo. So they saw the trade the next morning, right? So we're still packing up our apartment. My phone started ringing. And about five teams called me before we got packed up, probably even, honestly, you know. Um, yeah. Yep. And it was funny, about every hour up the road, the salary, and this is, you know, right at Christmas time. is right before Christmas. So there's only a couple months left in that Quebec League, right? Yep. 
every hour the salary went up ten grand. Yeah, like the money they were throwing around was like, geez, Louise, you don't know. I know what I'm making, so it's not even comparable money. But yeah, I never, never went up there. You know, I know buddies like Wingfield and a bunch of other guys went up there, but uh, yeah, never, uh, never crossed that line. And <laughs> probably a good thing though. A little different, yeah. Well, like what kept, what kept you from not going? Just, just because you knew what it was, and it was just like, nah. No, and, and I had a, you know pretty good deal where I was at the coast. You know, like I was kind of that last era that got you know bonuses and that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you definitely got more than you hear, but especially the guys nowadays, right? That it's hundred percent salary cap bound and stuff. Teams were a little, a little bit more easy to work with back then. Just let's say, um, but yeah, just. You look at like you look how tough that WPHL was my first year, my first two years, right? Yep. They had all those guys playing in Quebec, plus ex NHL guys. Like those rosters were crazier than it was in WPHL. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably now that I'm, you know, retired, have kids, have a family, probably the best thing I did ever was not go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's certainly, yeah, like you said, that's a different world up there for sure. And, uh, yeah, it was probably the right call. But, uh, yeah. all right, well, like we said, the, your, your five toughest opponents, so uh, we may as well go five to one. Uh, who is number five on your list? Oh, geez, I don't have them ranked by, by any number, but uh, I guess a guy that I fought oh, probably a handful of times over the years in various leagues was also my first pro fight, uh, Eric Node with an Abilene. Okay. So it was my uh, very first pro game. So came out, fought great big defense we had in our team. You know, guy was probably 6'2", 250 pounds, and pretty much kicked the crap out of the guy on our team, right? Like, <laughs> definitely went the wrong way for uh, for our D-man there, you know? Um, so I remember John Duran was our captain, and his brother was playing the NHL for Montreal at the time as a tough guy in the show, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we're going in the second period, and I go, Louie, i got to fight that guy to make the team. And he's like, no, you're on the team. You're, you know, you're rookie, you're on the team. I go, no, I'm not. I'm still in a folding chair. I don't even have a stall yet in the locker room. You know? <laughs> and this is us talking on the bench, right? Like, <laughs> if we were mic'd up, people would be still dying in that conversation. But I go, nope, I'm going to fight him. And he's like, no, my brother fought him in the Quebec League. He's stupid tough. You know what I mean? You're a rookie. You don't have to fight him. So while we're talking – Node gets put on the ice. They call my line. We go out there. So I go, see you in five minutes, John. And freaking, yeah, dropped the gloves, threw a few punches. I dropped them, let him back up for some unknown reason. I remember he cracked me in the eye as soon as I let him back up. Like, I was almost swollen shut by the time the game was over. Threw a couple more and dropped him again. And two minutes left in the second. Um, we were down, I think, by a goal at the time. And, you know, I got sent to the locker room, as, as did he. So I'm sitting in the locker room in my little folding chair, and uh, boys came in to lose their mind. They scored two goals in that last minute or two. Um, so we had to lead like 3-2 or whatever going into the third and going crazy. So I remember Bloan goes in, talks to uh, and our coach, and grabbed all my gear and put it in the stall next to me. He's like, Ricky, you're sitting here all year. <laughs> so I think just because of that, and plus I fought the guy multiple times after that, super, super tough competitor. Um, but definitely one I'll never forget because first game pro, first pro fight. Um, and then that's why I kind of etched my spot onto that team for sure. So 
There you go. There, Eric Node. There, the tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, that, and yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that guy bounced around. He was in the coast for a long time after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I fought him. I want to say maybe he was in PD in the coast when I was in Greensboro. Yep. I remember yep. the first game here, or first time we played them, we fought there, and yeah, I fought him another time or two along the way. And yeah, always gamer, clean fighter, though. You know, didn't cheap shot anybody kind of thing. And uh, I kind of like the guys like that that wouldn't sucker you if you went down. So, yeah. It was always kind of nice. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, we're off to a hot start here. So I guess uh, for the sake of this exercise, like you said, you don't have them ranked. But for this, we'll say number four. Ah, uh, four. Let's go with somebody like like Big Mike Barhog. Oh, because so hard to fight, right? Like I fought him in the WPHL, fought him in the East Coast. Like just a guy that was so big and just so... Like, how do you fight a guy that's a foot taller than you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, like, that's definitely the, what makes it tough. Yeah, like, it's, um, well, I mean, on Hockey DB, you're, you're listed at 6 feet 210. How accurate is that? Yeah. Oh, I was, I was probably, well, I am, obviously, 5'11", but, like, my last two years, I was probably 230, 235. Yeah. Um. But you had to be, right? Like, because all those younger guys kept getting so big. Yeah. You know, like another one that, you know, I'll put in there with a Mitch Fritz. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Fritz a couple times. But, yeah. but they're like the same size. Those guys are six foot seven. What, 260, maybe bigger, maybe heavier? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. While I was fighting Fritz, I was standing straight up, went to pull my hand free, and he kneed me in the face, split me open. <laughs> so, like, yeah. he was that tall that he took me in the middle of the fight while I was standing straight up. You know, like, so, yeah, we, we can combo those two together as number four because they're just such huge guys. You know, you'd swing around, try not getting hit, try getting in close, use your strength to pull yourself in, um, but just still so awkward, right? Like, that's, and that's, and plus they were both tough, tough dudes. You know, yeah. it's not like you were just fighting some tall giraffe on the ice. You were fighting guys that, that were probably tougher than you all the time, you know, so. yeah. Yeah, those two were definitely. Uh, well, and like you said, they're and then they're punching downhill, so it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You've you've seen both of those guys knock guys out in various videos and stuff. Like, you yeah, know, when Barhog went up that capacity, he was about the toughest guy in the league. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you're you're holding comfort with those guys up there. You're uh, you're doing something right for sure. No, definitely. Well, it's interesting, yeah, just to kind of go off on what you said there for a sec. So, like, you turned pro in 98, and then um, your final year was 06 in Richmond. Just even in that time period, did you see, like you said, the guys getting, like, did you see the change in guys that were, like, just the size? Yeah. Yeah, like, you said these rookies that would come in, you know, to take, especially when I was in the ECHL, right? Rookies that were good players. But it seemed like all the tough guys coming out of WHL or wherever they were coming out of were 6'5", 250 when they're 21 years old. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah, when I played in the W, did have those guys that we talked about, you know, Mo Hagen, Parker, just monsters of the game back in the day, right? Yeah. But it seemed like half these new kids were that size. You know? It was that one generation that was just, geez. It got, yeah, there were, it seemed like everybody was just huge. But... Yeah, those are the ones that Chris Graff love fighting, though. The big guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Graffer, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, it's true. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. It just seems like that. Uh, yeah, just the size of guys. I remember um, 
yeah, talking to Mel Engelstad. And I mean, he said the same thing, right? He goes, it was one thing he goes when you're fighting in the nineties, but he goes, yeah, when I was in the, the American league and he goes, and all of a sudden like Colt Moore and these guys are coming. And it's just like, Oh my yeah, God. Exactly. And he goes, well, and they can all hit, you know, it's like they got thunder in both hands and, you know, and it's just like everyone's in shape and it's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah it, it wasn't the old, uh, you go to training camp to get in shape anymore. Kind of. No, no, exactly. <laughs> showed up jacked in shape and ready to roll from dropping the first puck. So, yeah, yeah. no, d- definitely. Um, well, there you know, Varhog and Fritz. Yeah, well, uh, number three. Oh, geez. Um, let's go, Jason Rushton. There well, you we go. Fought him a couple times. Also played with him, but seen him fight a lot of times as well. You know, um, super freaking strong guy super strong and threw just left bomb you know i remember the first time i fought him i didn't know he's a lefty and he caught me right in the beginning of the fight and then i knew to grab that left hand because uh he definitely caught me off guard and i remember it to today so um yeah he's the guy obviously went on to that quebec league for years and years and years up there um yeah just super tough guy you know he was one of the he was tip, he's kind of the typical you know, WPHL tough guy my first couple of years, right? Like, yeah, played in a few different teams, always put up probably 300 penalty minutes or more, you know? Um, yeah, I'm just, just literally a straight tough dude that liked fighting. Yeah, it was interesting. That was the biggest problem in that, in that Western Pro League, right? Yeah. You, you know, you've heard of guys over the years, even NHL guys, right? They didn't like to fight. That league was like that Quebec League. All those guys liked to fight. Yeah. You know, like... Shit, they were chomping the bit. I remember in warm-ups, guys skating around with no helmets on, you know, a towel wrapped around their neck and just chirping you from the from the red line. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I was in the WHL. Duh, we didn't even warm up together, team. Because yeah. before me had so many fights and warm-ups, we had separate warm-ups. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it was definitely a totally different world for sure. So, Well, it was interesting because yeah, I – I had Dan Kopeck on and he, and he mentioned Rushton too, cause he fought him a couple of times in the Central yep. League. But he was also with this thing with Rushton. He said, really good player. Solid player too. Oh, like I remember he, he, he was almost like about when I played with him, right? Um, cause what would that have been? Probably 99, 2000. I think it was my second year I played with him. Like, he was kind of almost a point again guy. Yeah. You know, like he kind of bounced around playing on, you know, a few teams a year, a couple teams a year at least, you know, but he played. 30 games with one team have 25 points play. 25 games, the other team have 22 points, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And he was kind of the guy, I remember, he'd always end up the damn puck in front of the net. I don't know how. It would bounce off six guys and end up on his tape. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess maybe maybe a bit of luck, but that's, that's better than still some nights for sure. <laughs> they don't ask how, it's just how many, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. For sure. Uh, well, there we go. Yeah, it's a hell of a list, but, uh, where are we here? Now I'm lost. Oh, number two. Number two. Two, I would definitely go with the guy that I bet you I fought him a dozen times over the years in the East Coast League. Um, same thing. He was a little, probably maybe 6'1", 6'2", lefty. Um, obviously I was a righty, mostly. Um, we'd come in, kind of grab on, almost nod at each other, throw it till somebody fell down. So who I can it? totally admit I lost fights to the guy, and I who, totally oh, beat the guy. You're, you're cutting uh, out. Who, who was it? Jeff Sullivan. Oh, Jeff Sullivan. Johnstown. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Super tough guy. 
just, you'd hit him and he'd smile at you. One of those kind of guys, you know. Um, he just, always a gamer. You know, if something happened, like I remember we, uh, Kid Rock dropped a ceremonial puck one day in Toledo. And me and him were kind of yapping each other in warm-ups because he fought the game before, you know. And, uh, all right, let's go. So he, he got the starting lineup. I was out there too. Came up and uh, he was on the point, obviously, right? D-man. Came up, took left wing. I was right wing. Ref went to drop the puck and it kind of must have bounced funny. We obviously weren't looking at it. Our gloves were already off. We were fighting and uh, fought for probably a minute. I ended up putting him down that one at the end. But, you know, like nice little clean one. We were kind of, you know, tired and done. And I go sit in the penalty box and uh, Kid Rock sit in the penalty box. Because <laughs> in Toledo, to get out of the, to get back to your seat, you had to go through the penalty box and you were dropping the puck on the ice in the yeah. old barn. Yeah. So Kid Rock was in there just dying. He's like, oh, my God, the puck hasn't even dropped. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, so um, it's a guy like he, like Brent Billado lives in town here. He played with him for years. Um, but just that honest, well, again, me, I was honest, clean fighter. And uh, we just throw till one of us went down and we kind of, you know, give the nod and fight was over and you live to fight another day. So, yeah, I, I dislocated my shoulder fighting them. Obviously, I got multiple black eyes fighting them. But uh, <laughs> just the guy, always a gamer. You know, if we were down by a goal or up by a few and he was looking for a fight or I was looking for a fight, I don't know if we, you know, over the years ever told the other one no. We just kind of knew our role and, yep, clean fight, tap each other on the shoulders after and <laughs> I would have seen him at the bar. I would have bought him a beer after the game, you know? So. Yeah, just to kind of, uh, you know, kind of off, off of that when you're just in, just fighting in general. Um, I mean, obviously leading up to the game or all day or whatever i mean you're obviously thinking about it and you know who they got and what and whatever did you always kind of did you want to get it over with quickly or did you kind of want to play for a while and see what happens kind of depended on the game right and like i think i told you in the last video i never had a uh like i was never that player that sat on the bench and had a couple shifts and had to fight right i got ice time got to play um and i also never had a coach that told me like go fight that guy you know, um, just, I don't know if I could have done it. You know what I mean? Like having a total, I have buddies that did it. I have buddies that were great at it. Um, just not ever me. So I definitely didn't mind getting in the game, but if it was somebody, you know, especially at home, if you could fight first shift starting lineup, I thought that was awesome. Like I probably did that 50 times over my career. This, you got the, the nod to the starting lineup. You had somebody out there you could fight. I thought there was nothing better than that. Got the whole crowd into it and, you know, I feel like most of those games our team ended up winning. So, yeah, always all a great thing. Yeah, well, hey, there we go. Um, oh, and I was going to ask yeah. you when you were talking about Russian and stuff. Um, wh- when you were, like, you were friends with them or you played with them and then they went to a different team and yeah. you fought, like, did you ever, did you have trouble fighting friends? Well, obviously you fought them. Was that, no, did you have trouble doing that? No, funny thing, didn't. Didn't really fight a lot, lot of friends. Like, like me and Lego buddies forever, played against each other forever, never fought once, right? Yeah. Um, but back in the day, all of those teams that have so many tough guys, you almost get to get away with not fighting one of your friends, unless they did something stupid to your goalie and you were standing right there, then obviously gloves came off. You know, like those were the type of ones that, you know, you didn't think twice and you were there for your team, not for your buddy on the other side. And you just threw down and went at it. So, um, yeah, but like, I know, like, obviously, like, Gillies, Yablonski, Scroy, that whole group's really, really tight, right? And yeah. they both fought multiple times. 
Yeah. <laughs> but they're all in the AHL trying to get the shot at the NHL. So, yeah. you know, if I would have definitely, if I would have been with them up there, same thing. I would have been fighting those guys probably every night because you're trying to one-up them to get, get the shot in the NHL, right? So, um, yeah, but that's, that's kind of how it went. All right, we're back. Uh, so technical difficulties here, folks. Sorry, the, uh, the, uh, the, jo- the joys of the internet. But, uh, while you were just mentioning about fighting your friends in the American Hockey League and all that, but, uh, um, yeah, I guess we're, uh, we're at the point here. The, uh, the number one opponent for Chris Wall, well, like you said, they're not really in any order, but for this exercise, we'll say the number one toughest opponent for Chris Waltz was who? Well, so a guy I fought only one time. Um, but was scared shit when I got the gloves up. <laughs> Gary Kupal. Oh, scary uh, Gary. Yeah, Gary Gary. Definitely. Um, we, I, we were playing Odessa. I was playing like a little pain in the ass out there. We came out for, I don't know if it was the second or third period, and he was standing on the red line right where I warm up because at home I, I started a lot, of, a lot of periods, you know, and he was just yelling at me. And I'm like skating around, like is he yelling at me? And guys in my team like, yeah, he is. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so scary, Gary definitely scared the crap out of me before we dropped the gloves for sure. Um, obviously, his reputation I knew yeah. about. It, heck, everybody knew about. Let's be honest. You know, yeah. banned from other leagues before he came down to, you know, the WPHL. You know, I think he was banned United League, maybe the Coast. I don't know. Banned everywhere, from what I heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Pure pocky. Some of the stories were inflated. Then I played with the guy that played with them, and he's like, "Oh no, those are teammates. You shouldn't see all the other shit." I was like, Geez. Um, but yeah, a guy that was just ridiculously tough, and you know, he was—I oh, don't know how to describe. Because some guys, he was, you know, not probably not a ton older than me, but you know, a little bit older than me for sure. You know what I mean? Um, but just those guys were just. Some of them, that, that era is like, I don't know what, he was probably maybe four, five years older than me. But that era that was just right, right before me by a smidgen, some of those guys were just the toughest guys out there, right? And they were used to fighting, you know, 30, 40 times a year and stuff. And, yeah, definitely a guy that I didn't look forward to drop the gloves of that night, you know? And... As will have it, my coach had me on that starting lineup on that, that whatever period that was, second, third period, and, yep, lined up, and we dropped the gloves, and I actually ended up getting the better of him that fight and talking to him after the game, and um, actually had a really good talk to him. He came and knocked on our locker room door, so I thought he was there to beat the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> one of the rookies came and got me. They're like, Coupal's at the door. I'm like, what? So I took a couple guys with me, and he's like, no, 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 we're all good. I just want to talk. And literally, we had a little chit-chat, and pleasant chit chat and uh yeah it was all good well there you go well speaking of guys like coming to the door we had well we'll save that for the throne interview but because with the bus <laughs> thing and whatever but did you ever have sure. some some crazy shit like a hallway fight or a bus fight out in the parking lot or anything oh. oh i remember one so uh when i went back to toledo one year in the echl right i went back probably about christmas time from austin went back there to play in the the East Coast League. Um, we're playing one night, and, you know, Len Bays, who's a tough, tough kid, gets in a fight. I get in a fight. And I want to say there's a third guy in our team that got in a fight, or, or maybe he got hit from behind and was in the locker room, too. So I remember I'm 
you know, got one skate off, I got one skate on that's just starting to undo the laces on, right? And we're just kind of laughing because both of us kind of won our fights. Um, the guy that he fought ran into our locker room on his skates across the concrete, indoor Toledo locker room. So I think Baze had both his skates off. I had one, and we both jump up and kind of sucker the guy and just pinned him there. <laughs> Ref came off the ice. They knew there was all this commotion going on. And, uh, yeah, like we definitely, if we were cheaper, could have made it a lot worse. But, uh, yeah, came right into our locker room in Toledo. Um, wish I could remember the kid's name, but we're like, what the heck just happened? Like, it seemed kind of uh, surreal, almost fake, you know. But, yeah, and then we definitely, you know, especially the dub days or WPHL days, you definitely had some guys going after each other after the game or in the hallways underneath and stuff like that, for sure. Like, that uh, probably happened more than it should. But, or more than you hear about it, I guess would be a good way to put it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the fans and refs didn't know about it, but it kind of happened, and coaches would yell at your guys and get you the heck out of there, and, <laughs> and away you go. Oh, different times, different times. Yep, yep, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely changed quite a bit, but yeah, it was good. Like I told you last time, one of those things I probably, you know, wished I made it higher when I played, but at the same time wouldn't trade anything I did for anything. You know, like it was just great time. Young kid having fun traveling all over the place, and yeah, can't can't beat it. So, well, and like, and well, I mean, the East Coast, like, I mean, the Toledo fans, that's legendary. That rank playing there, and and all that stuff, and you know, Flint, and there's that there's that history there. But uh, to go back to your Western Pro days, I mean, that that was all new shit to those folks down there. How did the fans take to you guys down there? Awesome. Like I, I remember. Don't know what got into me because I was never that showboat kind of guy, right? So when I fought Eric Noah in my first pro game, I literally did a lap around the ring, doing the guns in the air, raising, my, raising the roof, doing just stupid shit. No idea why I did it, but I was so pumped up. I think it was my first pro game, won a fight, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But they were down there. I remember our owners had the right to the part of their leases. I don't know what, obviously what they paid for the lease, but they were the ones that had all the beer stands. <laughs> so you'd look down there and there'd be, you know, a guy with a, a, a big cowboy hat on sitting in front second row with, you know, 10 solo cups sitting in front of him on the glass, you know. So <laughs> they definitely like to have fun and uh, it, was, it was a loud place to play. It was pretty awesome. So it was definitely, definitely fun for sure. But uh, also for me going down there being, you know, from Western Canada, you know, playing the WHL, it was definitely a bit of a cultural shock for sure. Um, but it was awesome. Great fans, fun place to play. Um, the guys down there were great. You know, so from that first team, I still talked over a handful of those guys all the time. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. Well, before I let you go, before I let you go, and I forgot to ask you when you first started talking about your first uh, your first uh, year there in San Angelo, um, was a guy um, you know played a little bit in the NHL, had you know was first round pick and just. Whatever, one of the one of those guys, uh, was Shane Stevenson. You want to know the funniest part, right? So I just happened to be talking to Brad Cook, who was also on my team um, that year, right? We kind of reconnected in Vancouver a few years ago. He's now an agent for KO Sports. So my son opens, uh, gets a box of hockey cards from one of my buddies in town, right? Old box of scorecards. Second pack we go through Shane Stevenson rookie card he pulled. There you go. Yeah. And I was just dying laughing. I'm like, are you kidding me? The legend. Um, so Shane, great guy. He actually, 
I can honestly say he taught me more about fighting than anybody else I've ever played with. Really? Yep. I remember. Yeah, he came down, you know, wasn't there at the very start of the year, maybe a few weeks in, he came down. You know, came to our team. I think he was just sitting at home, and they, uh, you know, talked him into coming to play. Um, so he probably missed maybe the first 10, 15 games kind of thing. Yeah, probably maybe the first month even, right? He missed and came down and was living in the apartment right above me. And so I get in a fight, probably his first or second game there, and I remember I won the fight, did really well. We get to practice the next day, and he's like, hey, can I give you a tip? And, you know, I thought I was a pretty tough rookie, right? I'm like, yes, but I heard of all the stuff he did in the past, right? And I heard how tough he was. He's like, why the hell do you grab the front of the jersey? So I'm like, well, I need to grab on and throw. He's like, grab the freaking elbow bonehead. If you grab their elbow, they'll quit hitting you. So he worked me after practice, you know, for like 20 minutes a day for like a week, right? So then go to that weekend, that, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, fought somebody that definitely I probably shouldn't have fought. Can't remember who it was, but did. And uh, I ended up grabbing that right elbow, never got hit and cracked about five, six times and dropped him. And he was just smiling ear to ear when I looked at the bench on the penalty box. He was like, see, how much better? That, this is so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great deal. Um, but you want to talk about the guy that had the best hockey stores that ever anybody had played with? We'd ride to the rink together every day. And for 15 minutes, I'd hear some story about when I was 18 years old playing for the Boston Bruins, my teacher would be mad at me because I freaking did my math homework. He's like, lady, I was playing the Rangers in freaking Madison Square Gardens last night. I couldn't do my freaking math homework. <laughs> 18 years old, driving a black Taurus 911 to freaking you know, so yeah, definitely, definitely a great guy that uh, yeah had been around the block and yeah, like you said, first round pick and yeah, but he he's the guy who could do it all. Like obviously down to that level, he was a big big time scorer, you know. Um, yeah, but he fought a couple times and you could see why he was tough. You know, like he fought guys out there that were you know very well known tough guys in that league. Um, like didn't fight a lot, maybe had maybe four or five fights that year, but laid four or five beatings out there. So, <laughs> other tough guys, and you could tell he was tough because the tough guys would give him room, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that was a telltale sign back in the day when, when the tough guys were not finishing their checks on you <laughs> or playing friendly, you knew something was going on. So, no. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because uh, I, I have a show page on Facebook now. I put it on Facebook a little while ago, and that's uh, probably been about five or six months now. But uh, all of a sudden, I looked the one day, and uh, yeah, Shane Stevenson had sent me a or it signed up, and it was a following the page. So I was like, oh, I'm I got to talk. I got to get this guy on the show. Yeah, because I'm sure he'd have some he'd have some stories. Oh, I he and he did. Like I said, he had the best stories of anybody anybody ever played with you know so but he'd been there been through it you know put up i want to say didn't he put up like just ridiculous numbers the year he got drafted the year before he got drafted like 50 some games like 90 or 100 points in the o like something something yep. pretty good you know yeah yep. um but obviously being yeah first round draft like i don't care who you are that's uh that's a big accomplishment right there oh for sure right and uh so yeah but uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think yeah. I'll have to. And I think the year I played with them, he went to where did he go the next year? England, somewhere possibly. Yeah, and it was I think that was Scot- the last year. So I Scotland was like second last year over yep. to Scotland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so I played with him right right there at the end of his career, and uh, yeah, good guy, beauty. Obviously, everybody knows him as the, the legend, Leggy. So 
Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, yeah, we're bunch of characters back in the day for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there we go, man. I uh, thank you very much for coming back on. I had we had I had to end it with a Shane Stevenson for sure. Uh, yeah, perfect. I like it. I like it. Now you got to go. I'll, I'll find a way if I can track him down. I'll send you over some info. But obviously, you can send him a send him a message on there and get him on the show. Cause you better have a lot of tape because they'll probably talk your ear off for about four hours. So. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm going to send him a private message. I'm going to say, Walt said I should get you on the show. So, yeah. Definitely. You should for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I know you're a busy dude, and I really appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to, to come on again. And, uh, well, certainly, uh, hopefully, it won't be your last time because I'd like to get you on again. And, because uh, uh, I, could, I could pick your brain for hours uh, and get stories out of you and, and, just throw names at you and you know because i mean yeah. we you could scratch the surface with the guys we talked about but uh you know yeah or, or heck one of these days you should have like me and gillies or wingfield or lego or like a couple of us on there that'd probably be probably be funny if we could find a way to do that that'd be i know i'd have some chirping going on for sure oh i know if i could figure out yeah just kind of that group thing and get it all recorded and stuff yeah to get a bunch of you guys on would be awesome because uh because like i always said because that because i think it would also spark memories for each guy right if you said something and then for sure and then that gets the ball rolling and oh shit here we go right so oh yeah. that's like wingfield was texting me a couple months ago talking shit at like one in the morning i'm asleep he's texting me i wake up the next day no response from him. i'm like winger you weren't even a freaking tough guy when I played against you in the WPHL. You were a goal scorer. He's like, what? I wasn't a goal scorer. I'm like, yeah, look at you. I'm like, you were never top five. And I'm like, you were top five in Tim's from freaking 210 minutes. But it's still so funny. Like, we still have group text and <laughs> still talking smack to this day. So that's ah, pretty funny. Pretty funny for sure. That yeah, keeps us all young and entertained, definitely. Well, no, absolutely, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh all right, man, I'll let you go. I won't keep you. But uh, once again, Chris Waltz, thank you for taking part in this uh, little series that I got going. And uh, I'll certainly won't be the last time I talk to you on the show for sure. Hopefully not anyway. Yep. No, definitely not. Sounds good, bud. Appreciate it. Have a good night. You too. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you. Bye-bye. See you, man. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?